middle cough. Hey, babe. Welcome to the continuation of birthday week. You're on the Haberman of Middle Cough podcast. My birthday was Monday. John's birthday is today. So let's all say happy birthday. Happy birthday, Haberman and Middle Cough. We're uh, 28 and 29. I mean, right. we're, we're almost 30, bro. We're almost there. Man, we're almost there. Uh, so we're doing this podcast on a Wednesday. We're recording this on a Wednesday. A little out of the norm. Some of you noticed and asked where the hell we were. And the answer was golfing. We went to Karika Park on um, Tuesday. For those of you that have not, or maybe if you're not in the Bay Area, you're not familiar, it's a good spot. Um, uh, and a lot of people in the Bay Area who golf are probably pretty aware of it because it's hard to get on. But luckily, our guy, Devin Atitos, hooked it up, yeah. got us on, and we had a uh, good round of golf on uh, on Tuesday. We did. I mean, I think we gave his uh, his buddy Brian a few too many shots on the first nine. Uh, <laughs> Brian was he, like a nine. Yeah, and he was just drilling uh, greens and putting for pars. And, you know, we just we had to change a little bit at halftime around the turn. We kept the Tito's flowing, and uh, we battled back, guy. We battled back. Yeah, yeah. There was that. We can we can speak from experience now. The the infusion, you get the Tito's, you put a bunch of pineapple in yeah. the bottle of Tito's, and then you just bring it with you wherever you go in a cooler. Yeah. I have like the last uh, probably quarter of the bottle. I just put it in the freezer. He added it to me on his way Oh, out. you got that bottle? I got the bottle, yeah. It's pretty good. It is pretty good. Pretty good. My, I got it. Uh, my pretty, mom sent me, pretty good. My, my mom sent me an edible arrangement for uh, my birthday on Monday. Not an advertiser. But it's got a lot of pineapple in it. So I've got some already cut pineapple ready to roll. Maybe that'll What's be in good. the edible arrangement? You know, it's like fruit. We used to advertise with us chocolate covered fruit, regular fr- unchocolate covered fruit. That kind oh, of thing. oh, like Sherry's, you know, I won't say the full name. Yeah. But. <laughs> Sherry's. <laughs> well, they did sniff us once upon a time. That's Maybe true. not them, but one well, of them. Well, they, didn't they collapse and go bankrupt? Yeah, but then they sold to the other person, and then I'm oh, like, where's right. our fucking money? And they're like, well, we didn't buy the debt. I'm like, what are you guys talking about? And then everyone, I start, you start reaching out to the rich people you know, and they're like, yeah, it's part of life. You get screwed. I'm like, yeah. well, they, you're telling me this company just goes bankrupt, and they buy the other part of the company, and we're doing business with both? And they're like, well, we didn't buy the debt. I'm like, what the hell is going on? Do you think there was a big debate when Pro was it Pro Flowers? Was that the company? Or? Yeah, it was one of them. Well, they did pay us whatever our rate was. It was like four X for Mother's Day, and I'm like, this is a little weird. But what am I gonna say? No. <laughs> Maybe yeah. You think it was a make good? There was a, a meeting. I don't know. Like, what are we gonna do about Haberman and Middlecoff? We can't have them bitter. Now we um we we battled back. I think that was like uh, 2019 Mother's Day. So it's been lucrative for you and I. We've been hustling yeah, since. Not, no complaining. Yeah. Uh, Kyle Shanahan just spoke about quarterbacks. As, as if you're watching this on YouTube, hey, it's a live podcast. Uh, our podcast is is down in the uh, description below. If you're listening to this, then you know the the link to our YouTube channel is in the podcast description. So you can find you should be able to find everything wherever you are. And uh, don't forget to get into our mailbag. We'll do a we'll actually do a live mailbag Friday afternoon. Friday afternoon. Yeah, Friday afternoon. afternoon. Yep. Or maybe late morning. Whatever the however it turns out. But get your mailbag question in. You go to iTunes. You leave us a review there. You tell us your favorite bar, and you leave a question. Yeah. Leave a question. And this weekend, if you're listening to this on Wednesday or Thursday, once Friday comes, once Saturday comes, hell, I mean, every day of the week is a, is a good night to make a cocktail. Take us pictures of your cocktails and uh, link us in tweets, link us in Instagrams. 
Check out the uh, Facebook page if you want. Hit us up. Befriend us on LinkedIn. Uh, we're everywhere. We yeah. are everywhere. We are everywhere. What do you think uh, about this move? Hmm. We had an extra bottle of... Uh, somehow I ended up... I looked in the back. I heard all this dinging, ding today. I was in the car, and I realized Tito's. I had multiple... I had the one with the... Uh, with the pineapple, and then I took another bottle home that I think one cocktail was made, so a little was gone. Yeah. And I have so many bottles of Tito's. I saw the dude, you know, I, I live in a condo complex, so the, the person that, like, uh, the gardener-type people, they don't actually just clean my place. They kind of clean the whole, you know, facility. I always bullshit with them, say hi. And sometimes the guy, if my garage is open, I'll get him in there with the blower, and we'll clean it out together. And, and sometimes if I have, like, a, you know, I, I'm going to clothes or whatever i just give them shit so i had a bottle of vodka but it we had used maybe had a couple hardly of any yeah so it, it was the seal was broken and i go to him and i'm like hey man i know it looks a little weird i just had one cocktails on the golf you want this bottle and he kind of he kind of gave me the look like I, I didn't poison or anything and he finally just smiled and said yeah i'll take it so they yeah, might actually be down there at uh at lunchtime having some few pops the move as devin showed us was you get the you get the full can of Arnold Palmer. Yeah. You crack the can, you chug some of the Arnold Palmer, and then you pour Tito's into the can of Arnold Palmer. You put that right there in the uh, in the golf cart, and you go about your day. You think Kepka and Bryson will do that when they play their 12-hole match? 12 holes. Like it's, I mean, come on, guys. I, I, 12 I holes. Can't. Are you with me? I'm, I'm out. Like they, they don't hate each. It's over now. Like this is all fake. Like no more. Like moving. Forward. Oh, see, I took it the other way. Like Brooks was like, I don't know if I can do 18. Let's do 12. Well, Brooks, I whole, think the, Brooks whole thing was golf's too long. I think the problem is that if you watch any of these things, as you and I have watched all of these matches, 18 holes is a long time when it's twice as many people, when it's four people, and one of them is Tom Brady or Peyton Manning or Tiger Woods. Even those, it's kind of long. The one that went into the night was Tiger and Phil, and that's Tiger and Phil. Like, Tiger is Tiger, and Phil is an entertainer. Well, they did have $10 million cash sitting there. Someone had to win it, remember? Yeah, that's right. Well, <laughs> Phil kept trying to lose to keep it interesting for just yeah. the, the juice. But I thought, when I saw that it was only 12 holes, I thought, well, neither one of these guys is going to carry it for 18 holes. Even if you get Barkley there as a broadcaster, like I, that, I, I thought more about the TV package. I think someone realized like these four-hour broadcasts with four people is not the most entertaining thing in the world. So I'm actually kind of open to it being shorter and quicker. Well, I'm not against twelve holes. My point is, I no longer take them like their beef or their rivalry. I've seen them hug now. Oh, oh, I follow uh, Bryson or Brooks went to Stricker and like I want to play with Bryson. Like that's been verified now by the team captain. Fred Couples, I think, doubled down and said, like, it's crazy how well they got along. Like, it's over. Like, you guys can't fake hate each other anymore. You guys are doing a business deal together. Like, your business partners, really the way they should do it, non, if you don't have four guys, like Tiger, Phil, Brady, you know, even the one with Rodgers and Bryson, is just play it, use all the film like a television show, and then cut it down to like a 30-minute special. Right? I know, but it's kind of fun to have it live, you know? Well, yeah, because they go pay-per-view. <laughs> Uh, this podcast is sponsored by our friends at Tito's Handmade Vodka. You might have heard us mention them already. Tito's Handmade Vodka, the number one vodka in America, John. This is the – oh, <laughs> you got a book. I did not expect you to pull that out of the side there. I even wrote my name in there. <laughs> I, I took some notes. Uh, what you should write in there is number one vodka in America, Tito's with everything. By the way, 
I have you, so much Tito swag, it's out of control. Spooktacular cocktails to mix it up this Halloween, John. How about, have you done, are you a fan of the uh, the cold brew? The Tito's Witching Hour. This is a cold brew, three ounces of cold brew, and a half ounce of cinnamon syrup with some Tito's. I've honestly never messed around with much booze mixed with coffee products. That's just never been my go-to. I know some people have like the after-dinner cocktails. I've just, with Tito's, like yesterday, I'm an Arnold Palmer, pour some Tito's in there. I'm a Tito's sodas guy. Uh, Might have to pour one tonight. You know, a little birthday Tito soda to the dome. Maybe a couple. Uh, So go Tito's, number one vodka in America. Go support the uh, the number one brand, you know, they support us. You need to support them, and know many of you have. Go to your local liquor store. Go to your local Safeway. Go to your local Bevmo. Go get yourself a, a fifth, a handle of Tito's, and share it with your yep. friends. Yep, and if you want, go to Tito's. Check out the website. All kinds of good um, recipes there, although, as we saw, somebody just said, uh, Gustavo says, I had my first John Daly last weekend because of ham. We hope you liked it. Gustavo, send us a picture next time on Instagram or Twitter or wherever if it's up, I guess, Instagram, um, Facebook, uh, 60 minutes, however you, uh, get your, however you, <laughs> you get your Facebook in, uh, share it with us and, uh, let us know what you're, what you're drinking. We definitely appreciate the support of Tito's, which is uh, a major successful company. John Tito beverage made sure it was that way. He built it yeah. in 1995 and he just, a, a very heavy, heavy, um, uh, um, purpose outside of, uh, just the vodka, which is the charity, Coming up, uh, I think it's now, what's today's, as we record this, it's the 6th, so a week from this weekend, Tito's is partnering with Urban Sprouts to the Love Tito's Block the Block program, which they they expand and revitalize community gardens. So these are areas that, I guess what's called, not I guess, I know, what's called a food desert where it's hard to get fresh fruits and vegetables. The Nelson Garden in South San Francisco, so if any of you are in that vicinity, you can go to urbansprouts.org. To find out more or to volunteer, this is um, not just a Bay Area uh, initiative. This is around the country that Tito's gets involved in this sort of thing. So wherever you are, you can uh, find out more um, about it. Check out the uh, Tito's Block to Block program um, if you're interested in uh, finding out more or volunteering, urbansprouts.org. So shout out to Tito's for all they do for the uh, community as well. And we appreciate them being here. Yep. Namely, uh, guy, because it's meant to be crafted to be savored responsibly. What was that? <laughs> Namely, what? <laughs> I screwed that up. I tried to put like three different things together, and I, uh, yeah, that was poor. That was Namely, poor eighty proof. I think is what you're looking for. <laughs> <laughs> let me let me say that. Yeah, say it not. again. Distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas, forty percent alcohol by volume. Namely, eighty proof, crafted to be savored responsibly. Uh, Hale on YouTube says, are y'all going to talk about the coach's comments? I assume he's talking about Kyle Shanahan's comments and not Urban Meyer's comments. <laughs> Carlos says, uh, oh, that's the wrong one. Carlos says, uh, Urban Meyer going to get canned to take that SC job. I would say Urban was already out on the SC job, and I, he's definitely not getting the SC job now. I do think that if he was available, they would talk to him. Even after. Well, the, the, the president, as he said previously, that she, basically we're not interested in Urban based off what had happened at Ohio State. Yeah, she's new. Only been so, there a couple so years. She, so she hired Mike Bone. Uh, correct. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'd heard the same thing. I guess she had said that publicly. I, I believe she said that publicly, yes. Yeah. Now, you know, listen, Urban's got questionable morals. That's not uh, to be debated. But he would win their big, and they are desperate to win their big yeah. right now. I think I think what I, what happened in one it's can I don't you, think James Franklin's a lock to leave either. Well, that's uh, SC fans. 
You know what they should be rooting for is for him to lose to Ohio State. Well, I mean, he got. What if he beats Iowa this week? Yeah, I mean, he's got to lose a couple of games, not be in the. If he goes to the playoff at Penn State, there's really no reason for him to leave. But if it's hard, if he can't get past Ohio State, and that's where. And if you're asking about Kyle Shanahan, yes, we will get to that. Before we do get to what Kyle Shanahan had to say about quarterbacks, John, we're also brought to you by mybookie.ag promo code ham and the number one. Mybookie.ag promo code ham and the number one. That's where we will make our lock of the week bet. How, where are we right now in our uh, our funding? On, we got six hundred dollars, so right. uh, we you know we got a little room to play. Actually, five eighty five. We we are out the hundred dollars that we've been doing the dud slash whatever uh, the other game, but we still got you know enough juice for a couple two more big bets. But I want if we win another one, then we'd be in the clear for several weeks to just keep being aggressive. So it's yeah. about mybookie.ag promo code ham one. If you're listening to this, you can bet future odds on all the teams. You know the Dodgers, I mean, we're recording this before the the, uh, the play-in game or the wild card game, have better odds to win the World Series than the Giants, and they're not even guaranteed to make it to the first round of the playoffs. Pretty no crazy. respect, John. No respect. Also, uh, golf. There's a tournament in Vegas. I kind of like Maverick McNeely, West Coast guy. I think he went to Stanford. Uh, got yep. pretty good odds. Uh, he's been he's been getting hot right there. 60 to 1. Is that him? 50 to 1? 60 to 1? 50 to one, just dabble, you know, just, you know, 20 bucks. You make, um, you'd make 1250. So nothing like good golf odds. Uh, we will do our Friday live Friday mailbag here on the, on the YouTube channel. Uh, it'll be the podcast as well, obviously, but it'll be live on YouTube. Um, and we will make our lock of the week pick then, although we are strongly considering 49ers plus five and a half. We normally, you know, it's not, I think we've probably picked the Niners once or twice in the past. We picked them week one against the Lions. They let us down. Um, but that's a strong consideration. Any other game that, that stands out to you that we should uh, consider? Uh, Texas getting three and a half against Oklahoma. I don't think Oklahoma is very good this year. Red River oh. uh, shootout. Uh, I, I don't know why I just had the college thing pulled up. I didn't like really the slate this week for the NFL. Oh, you kind of like the Eagles game. I do, but I get a little nervous with uh, – just the Eagles can score some points if your defense isn't awesome. Now, I think Carolina's defense is better than the Chiefs' defense, though they just kind of got smoked by uh, the Cowboys. I just think the Eagles, if you don't have like a dominant pass rush, it's just they can, they do have playmakers. They can just throw up some hollow yards. So, yeah, that's where I would, uh, I'd stay away from that one. Okay, where does things stand for the 49ers against the Arizona Cardinals? We will do a uh, kind of scouting a, a scouting report on Trey Lance coming up in a little bit because people told us after we did the Sunday show that we were too hard on the way Trey played. And so we both we watched the tape, as we always do. And um, we'll get into kind of scouting Trey Lance here coming up. But let's just talk about the state of the situation. Kyle Shanahan spoke this afternoon, Wednesday afternoon, and um, said that, yes, Jimmy Garoppolo – it's still on the table that he could be the starter against the Arizona Cardinals, but he's not starting. He's not practicing on Wednesday. So door's not closed, but he is not practicing on Wednesday, which, you know, veterans can definitely miss half a week of practice at quarterback and, and play in the game. But should this still be on the table? Is it actually still on the table? Let's start there. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's kind of crazy because Jimmy talked today and starting quarterbacks talk on Wednesday. Now, he is the starting quarterback, right? I mean, before what happened on Sunday. But to me, things changed on Sunday. He got injured, and he wasn't, even when he was on, you couldn't score points. 
Like it, it to me, Jimmy's a better version of Dalton, but w- these guys get treated. I, I I feel like some of these bridge quarterbacks, and Jimmy's probably slightly better than a true bridge quarterback, but that is kind of his role in this team. You treat you could never lose your job to injury to Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Tom Brady, older veteran quarterbacks who have proven for years. I don't get why Jimmy gets on this scholarship once the season happens. I understood coming into training camp, keep him on the roster. We don't know about the young quarterback. And even when the young quarterback looked good in practice, Kyle would say, it's only fucking practice, who cares? Even when he, you know, the preseason games, I, I, I do get it. But then once you have evidence on the field of like, this guy's not lighting the world on fire. And even when he had probably his best quarter of the season against Seattle, like you guys weren't scoring points. So I, I don't understand why he gets treated like he's on some scholarship to be the starting quarterback when he is not like, like he's not giving you some huge advantage. Now, are you so close-minded and what close-minded is the wrong word? Are you so stubborn in the fact that what you believe Trey brings to the table is not good enough to beat a team as good as the Arizona Cardinals? I would somewhat understand that, but like what Jimmy's bringing to the table right now, especially if he's not going to be 100% healthy, which clearly he's not, I don't think gives you a, you know, I, I, I don't see how that separates him from Trey. Yeah. I don't quite get so, it. I would start Trey Lance. Let me start with that. I would start Trey Lance this week. But I'll, I think this is a good time to repeat something I said at the beginning of the season. This is all about, this is more about Trey than it is about Jimmy. Trey Lance's readiness is the most important thing here. Like Jimmy Garoppolo, he got drafted by Kyle Shanahan. Trey Lance got drafted by Kyle Shanahan. So he drafted him with the mind that at some point he's going to replace Jimmy Garoppolo with Trey Lance. And so it's just about how long until he feels like Trey Lance is ready to replace Jimmy Garoppolo. And I thought the first four plays coming out of the locker room on Sunday against the Seahawks were very telling. They made the decision at halftime to replace Jimmy, not in the middle of a second and third down play call when Garoppolo came limping off, right? If Garoppolo had come limping off after a series and then Trey Lance had to go out there for the next series and that's what it looked like, four straight run plays, I'd go, okay, you know, give him a few series to figure it out. But they had a halftime period to figure out what to do. And they came out with no real intention to throw the football unless they absolutely had to. And as it turned out, they absolutely had to, and they started throwing the football more. So those four plays told me that Kyle Shanahan doesn't think Trey Lance is ready to just go win him a football game. Yeah, that's, what those four, that's, that's what those four plays told me. Now, again, I would start him, John. I would start Trey Lance here. But I think it's more about Trey and whatever Kyle thinks about him than it is about Jimmy, because we know what we're getting from Jimmy. But but here's here's the thing. Sometimes just because of what a coach thinks about someone doesn't mean he's always right. I mean, we saw it with you know Nagy and Andy Dalton, and I think his, I, I think for whatever reason Nagy probably likes Dalton more than Kyle actually likes Jimmy. <laughs> you know, like he, you know, Kyle would get rid of Jimmy in a heartbeat if he thought it gave him a huge upgrade. But just because he thinks that doesn't mean he's correct. Now. Is Trey Lance some ready-made, ready-to-rock-and-roll right now? No, he's not. But to me, the way Jimmy's playing, like, he is... I, I wouldn't say he's limiting your ability to win, but he's not consistently helping it. He, he is not playing at some high level. He is not playing well enough 
to beat the teams that you're trying to beat in these big-time games. He's, he's at a massive, massive disadvantage because he can't make big plays. That's part of the problem. He can't make big plays, and you're playing these teams that have huge play potential. And it goes back to just the offensive philosophy. And if I hear one more time, I'm going to rip the hair out of my head that I don't even have about, like, everything's predicated on the run game. I'm sorry, as an offensive coordinator, you just got to figure this shit out, especially sometimes we've heard forever, like, the shitty offensive coaches when they're, or I mean, they're like, a head coach who's known as an offensive guy, but his offense is shitty. It's like, well, Adam Gase, he's an asshole, and his offense isn't working, but in fairness to him, they don't have any skill guys, right? So what do you expect him to do? Like, that is not, and that happens a lot, you know, in certain situations, right? They just don't have the talent. It's like, well, you know, in fairness to Adam Gase, they didn't have that much talent. That is not the case with Kyle. I mean, he's fucking his fullback suite. He's got multiple receivers. Hell, his third receiver, Sanu's pretty good. They got guys that can make plays. He's got a star tight end. And it's like their passing game is like, well, if they can't run it, like, I'm, I'm sorry, Kyle. Like, it's 2021. You should be able to somewhat scheme the passing game and, and turn them into points. And for whatever reason, these really last three weeks, they just cannot score points. And at least this guy might give you the ability to make big plays. Because it's not like, well, we just got to stick with Jimmy. He's what we know. It's not working. It's not. Well, if I hear one more but time, that, but John, well, they that shredded does, Seattle. Yeah, for fucking seven points. But, John, the run game thing doesn't even apply. Well, yeah, they the were, run game was fine last week. The, the run, Trey Sermon was exactly what we hoped he would be. He showed up. They were five yards of carry. But 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 I do think that's a huge talking point with the Shanahan guys. Like you got to be able to run it. It's like no well, what I, if no you no. Can't? You're right. You're. I'm just saying like that wasn't even what the problem was against and, the Seahawks. And, they and, ran it. And, and I'm pro. I'm not like some new age analytical fucking nut job. I love running the football. I think it adds a huge element. Even though I was raised in the NFL by a guy who doesn't really you know it's not Andy's go to thing. I do think they're I. I I tend to be like a mix. Like I got a lot of Harbaugh in me. I do love, like I loved Har- watching Harbaugh run it down Wisconsin throat, run it down these teams throat. I still like to watch these running backs run. Like, there's value in that, but sometimes if it's not working, can you pivot and score touchdowns through the passing game? And it doesn't feel like the Niners, their passing game. And it all it goes back to Kyle as the play caller when it really matters, AKA the baby zone. Like, can you put up points? Yeah. The other part of it is Jimmy's mobility is a big part of his effectiveness. His ability yeah, because he's to not an accurate pocket, pocket quarterback. He's, he's he's pretty good at it, I think, in terms of like feeling his way through the pocket. Um, and we've seen Garoppolo at less than 100%. We saw it in 29, uh, 2020, right? It wasn't very good. We saw it, and then eventually his season ended. But let's say Garoppolo's calf is okay enough that he can play. What I would do with them is I would have him be on the field as the backup quarterback then. But I would not make him the starting quarterback because Jimmy Garoppolo at 100%, this is a repeat of the conversation we had in 2020 when he got hurt. And then it was like, well, he got hurt. And the reminder was, yeah, but he wasn't that great week one when he was healthy in 2020. And here we are again. He wasn't that great when he was healthy. Well, now he's hurt. And him less than 100% is a liability. Well, because then he turns into like Philip Rivers or Eli Manning, and that's not the way he plays. Like, even when he's really on, he does have some like playmaker to him, right? He actually did a couple of those things in the Seattle game before we knew his calf was stepped on the first series. Kind of was running around, making some plays. And his, when I say run around, like within the pocket, it's kind of how he kind of scrambles up and he dumps it. Like, he's kind of got some of that, which you're right. 
if he is stagnant, which let's just assume best case scenario, he'd be 75%, right? His movement would be very, very limited. That to me diminishes his, if he's like uh, on a good day, like Seattle's first quarter was a good day for Jimmy. And relative to the league, that's like a seven and a half out of 10. If like Rogers, and that's, that's as good as Jimmy gets. Well, his now good day potential is way lower than he has the total ability to be. And his peak and ceiling of that ability is already not that high. So it, you could get into a position where you're just, are you down 21 nothing? And you're like, oh, fuck, we just yank and put Trey in. And then you got this like, too late. convoluted game plan thing going. Yeah. Now, there's another possibility here, right? Which is that this is all just part of not letting the Cardinals know what you're going to do. No problem with that. I, I don't expect him to be like, you know, actually, we're going to bring up Sudfeld, Jimmy's going to be inactive, and Trey's going to be our starter, and we're going to implement. I, I understand that. But I would base off Kyle's actions that I would expect Jimmy to start, and I think it's insane. Yeah. I, and I, um, I, I'm starting to get a lot of people texting me. They're getting a little – Kyle's got this stubbornness to him. Like I, I, I do not take back thinking that he's an innovative, smart coach. But that does not mean that you could have weak spots. And I think a weak spot right now is like he's so dead set on his offense, what he truly wants it to be, and he kind of has some of the personnel to do it, right? Even with if, if Trey Sermon's like he can thinks he can run the ball and play within the offense with Jimmy. And it goes back to what people think. And I know he drafted Trey, so he's open-minded to having a guy with more talent. But deep down, he's like, I can fucking win with anybody. Like, no, you can't. You can't. And this version of Jimmy is not a winnable player, if especially if he's going to be 70%. Yeah, I, I cannot imagine through all his frustrations with Garoppolo, just through all his investigations. Plus five and a half. Huh? I just talked myself out of I Can we put money on the Niners right now at five and a half? You want to take them five plus five and a half? No, I'm saying that I just oh. talked myself out of it almost. Oh. Somebody just asked if we have a lock of the week. Yeah, that'll be coming on on uh, on Friday. I, I, you know, through all of his attempts to replace Jimmy, I don't think he's blind to Garoppolo's flaws. He's not because he's tried to replace him six times. Right. The question is, can he find a way to play Trey Lance to do something with Trey before he's ready to? When it's clear that the guy that he has is not going to be good enough for this team, Jimmy Garoppolo was good enough for the nineteen team. Well, this isn't the 19 team. And I think part of the reason that I was, I, I'll speak for myself, was so bullish on Garoppolo, particularly early in 19, definitely when they paid him, was I expected him to keep getting better. And you know what? If we're going to give John Gruden a lot of credit for Derek Carr's improvement, because John does get credit for that, then where was the development on Garoppolo? Now, maybe Kyle decided really early he can't be developed any further, and that's why he's been looking for other quarterbacks for, you know, a couple of years. But now's the time. Like his ability to develop Trey Lance is the whole future. And I think you're right. I, I see it in the chat. Now, it can be a little misleading, right? The people who are angry, the people who hate Kyle, or not hate Kyle, but the people who think it's, he's doing a bad job are probably more likely to say something. So I want to at least be aware of that. But yeah, there's a disproportionate amount of negativity on Kyle right now. And I don't think there's the anything, I don't think there's anything wrong with being like, this guy's a really good coach. And he had a terrible month. He had a, or, or at least a very questionable month. Like he was off. Like you don't, you saw Garrett Cole against the Yankees. Was he worth the money when they paid him? Of course he was. When he's good, is he one of the best? Of course he is. 
Did he have, was he hurt? I don't know. I mean, the hamstring, whatever. Was he absolutely god-awful against the Red Sox? Yeah. Terrible. Like, Kyle Shanahan the last couple weeks has been pretty questionable. Andy Reid had rough times. Belichick has rough times. Like, it's, it's, coaches, I, I just think sometimes, like, we can go, like, I, Sean McVay, I thought last week was fucking pitiful as a play caller. It doesn't mean he didn't coach well during the week, but you can have off games as a play caller. And I, something I've gotten, some people text me, and listen, what, what it really said in the press conference, who really cares? Kyle's not big on, like, I was terrible. Like, he does not say that. Now, you could argue, like, Matt Nagy says that too much. <laughs> like, he says it, like, every week. So, But, like, yeah. that's not really Kyle's thing. And it always feels like it's just the player's fault. Well, it might be your fault. You know, what Belichick says, you're either coaching or allowing it to happen. Like, you've had a pretty shitty couple days or a couple weeks against the big-time teams. And you ended up losing, both of them. And they're pretty, you know, could be devastating losses at the end of the year when you miss the playoffs by a game or two. Hopefully you're even in that spot. Yeah, I, to me, they got to get better to avoid. It's not going to be a game or two. at the Well, I know. Game. I mean, at this rate. Well, but then then what happens? So you've just missed the playoffs five times in six years or four times in five years, whatever. I don't even fucking know how long he's been here, but he's he's just got the one. Yeah, the <laughs> you know? worst thing he could do is miss the playoffs and have Garoppolo be his quarterback all year. Yeah. And that's kind of feels the path they're on. But, but right that's now. that's where this is the challenge is if you think Jimmy gives you a better shot to win, you know, the risk is that you go with him. And then by the time you go to Trey Lance, it's too late to pull you for him to do anything special. Right. And now I do think from what we've seen, we'll get to scouting him. I don't think we can look at Trey Lance like he's the guy that can take you to the playoffs in 2021. So I do understand that perspective of going of looking at, at Jimmy and saying, I think on a given day he gives me a better chance to win than Trey Lance does. I don't but, think that's a crazy thought. But there, but there is a balance to knowing that, like, Fields <clears throat> was awful that game against the uh, the Browns. Now, it turns out the Browns' defense is unreal. Miles Garrett, some of these clips I saw against the Vikings look like a, a high school kid going to Alabama, tossing. Like, it was, like, it was unfair to the Vikings. But... Fields, now it was a shittier team, and we'll see him this week against the Raiders, got dramatically better in a week. Why? Probably more comfortable, just kind of knew the speed. Like, you improve. Like, there's no improvement with Jimmy. So it's like, Kyle, and this is where I can be really critical of coaches because I've seen it firsthand, nothing about the X's nose, but just about living in the short term. They're obsessed with this week, as they should be. But when you're the head coach slash Grand Poobah, which he is. He's at the top of the pyramid. There's only one guy in the building that's higher than Kyle, and that's Jed York. And, and if you want to include his parents. There is nobody, n- not John Lynch, not Parag. There is nobody over Kyle Shanahan when it comes to football decisions. And he, I think sometimes that can warp your mind. It's actually one of the great uh, attributes of Belichick all these years. He had so much juice, but he could always balance... You know, not a great drafter, but could pivot in season, can make moves. Like what he did today, he's just always balancing the next five weeks, the next year, the next two years. Like that to me would be a knock on Kyle. Like, bro, you're young, you're innovative, you're smart, but sometimes you just get into the uh, just the daily grind of the football season, which assistants, and they just live for the day, as they should. That's, That's right. your job. Know your job. As, a, as the head coach, decision maker, it's tough because you're the coordinator too. There has to be a balance. And I sometimes think his balance, no, I don't think sometimes. Right now, 
Because it's been pretty good. I, I Last year, I thought was really impressive, everything he had to balance. This year, I think it's, he's a little out of whack. And it might just be it's, he's in a new spot. He's got this young quarterback that he's working through, and he's kind of stuck with Jimmy because he wanted to because he kept him trying to make the playoffs. And he's got to be able to like take a deep breath, step back, which is hard because you're the play caller. You're running the install meetings kind of too. And, and just take inventory. I think it can be very, very difficult. His, history would show us even for good coaches, when you're the coordinator, I, I I do think it can be a difficult proposition to manage it all. Yeah. When there's a ton of pressure, because we've the, talked about all offseason, you could feel the pressure on Kyle. This decision, drafting Trey. I mean, he basically put his, I mean, financially set for life. He made a shitload of money with the Niners. But, like, his football credibility, like, a lot is on the line for Kyle, not just this season, but the next, like, three, Right. Yeah, yeah, I mean, if Trey Lance line. doesn't work, he's not going to be the court, the coach of the 49ers beyond Trey Lance. You wouldn't think. Now, if they find ways to win and Trey's just not quite good enough, but they're going to the playoffs, then, okay, I, you know, I don't want to be dramatic. But it's he's all in on this. Seems like it would be pretty hard for Trey not to be good enough and then for still be good, yeah, right? Yeah, it would be. It would be. And, and I think the last thing you want is to get to that point where you look up and go, oh, my God, we're not a playoff team. And you didn't identify the problems that were leading you down that road sooner and make changes before you got to that place. And if I was going to defend Garoppolo, I don't think they're a playoff team. right? And if I was going to defend Kyle, I would say, well, he didn't set the expectations that we had to make the playoffs, though. Their their decisions. Uh, Okay. well, okay, then that's I mean, no, I I think they as an organization said we're re-signing Jason Verrett and we're bringing this team back and we're not changing much and we're signing Trent. You don't pay Trent Williams at his age for like two years from now. No, I think they did set that expectation for themselves. Uh, That's fair. Then he gets in this position when the season starts. He's got a first-time defensive coordinator. It looks to be pretty solid. Like I, I think D'Amico's done a fine job this year with what he's had to deal with. The defense has been better than the offense the last couple weeks. I guess maybe not the Green Bay game. I mean, Emmanuel Mosley, like the corners, yeah, they're mostly last week. They're fine. And he's got, he's lost like one of his go-to minions on offense, right? Went with Sala. So he lost Sala, a guy that he could lean on. He lost uh, LaFleur brother. Maybe he just doesn't have some of the guys he can lean on. He he already has so much on his plate. I, I, I think that there is something to be said about like, like Andy Reid and Sh- Let's just use Andy as an example. He is a way better coach now than he was a decade ago, and he was unreal a decade ago. Like, you you just, Kyle's going to get better with time, but this may just be a season I'm getting nervous that might just be off. The whole thing just might be out of whack. Well, yeah, but, but, but which in a, which if he had made the playoffs last year, no one would think anything of it. No one would give a shit, but they never but they made didn't. the playoffs except the one year. And for the second year in a row, they've got a bunch of injuries already. A ton. So, you want to scout Trey Lance? Let's do it. We did the show right after the game on Sunday and said we didn't think it looked very good. And several people um, either tweeted at us or DM'd at at us, or uh, I don't know about you, John, but we don't always reply to everything, but we do read the YouTube comments often. And on that particular video, I made the point to watch the YouTube comments just to see, like, what did other people think? Like, let's get a bunch of eyeballs on this. And there were many people that thought Trey Lance looked okay. So we watched the game. I told a couple of people that uh, messaged us like, hey, I'm re-watching this game with an open mind. Let's just Same. see what it was. As someone who want, who said they should draft Trey Lance, I watched it a second time. I didn't think he looked good the second time, Joe. I thought the same thing after the second time that I did the first time. Maybe the additional thought I had the second time was, 
I thought his line let him down a few in a few spots um, from in terms of protection. But again, I thought he took a long time to make decisions. I'm not some I'm not John Beck here, but it took a lot of time for the ball to get out of his hands. He had a, t- a couple balls batted down. Um, I didn't think it was great, but what did you think? Yeah, let me preface this by saying that it is a very, very difficult spot to come in at halftime when you're not expecting to as a as a rookie quarterback. Like it's a it's a unique thing. I would judge this differently had he started the game and looked like he did. But in the vacuum, when you're just evaluating the play, it was pretty alarming. Uh, I saw two things really jumped out to me. First and foremost, I was just going to evaluate him like a uh, a draft prospect. What would you think about the physical attributes? His best attribute by far is mobility, right? Moving around, being able to scramble around. And that's a good thing. I am pro-mobility. His release was fucking really long. Like, it is a full-on loop. And, and listen, maybe they've worked on it. It's like a golf swing. You can try and try and try. But when the pressure comes, and they say about this in all sports, right? When pressure comes, you resort back to muscle memory. It's why if you want to change muscle memory... Any pro athlete will tell you, like, it takes years and years to break out of the habit. Unless you're going to be like Tiger Woods and probably practice at, or Peyton Manning, and just put so many hours, put like 10,000 hours into like a year, right, to change something. But your muscle memory kicks back up, and his release was really loopy. And when you have a loopy release, that means it takes a little while to get out of your hand. Like, Jimmy's greatest attribute is, boom, it's out out of his hand. Boom. My favorite thing about him. Yeah. I mean, if you could put that release on Trey, you'd have something. The other thing was he they'd run routes and he would just stand there. It's like, bro, and, and again, this is where I struggle. This is first time ever in an NFL game. They're playing Seattle, who I know at the time they're one and two in this tie game. It was a team that every human alive picked to make the playoffs, right? I mean, that's it's Pete Carroll, it's the uniforms. Like that is not showing up momentum's against you yeah you're not showing up and playing you know the university of arizona so it's 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 challenging six in the six in the pac-12 in defense by the way no you know in the south or overall overall okay you know they've had they've had they've held opponents john to under 400 yards three times this year which they'd only done once in the previous 17 games well teddy brewski you know not walking back through that door. now they're only yeah. facing 22 pass attempts a game because people are running down their throats but you know the glass half full so he wasn't seeing anything. You can't yeah. hold the ball that long. But to me, the loopy release and the balls getting batted down, I get if I see Kyler Murray or Russell Wilson have the occasional Baker Mayfield, I think all those teams can live with it. It's like, you know, smaller quarterback, one batted ball down a game, like whatever. We live with the good from, you know, Kyler Murray. And I'm not even, I'd have to really go back and do like a study. He doesn't feel watching him. He scrambles out of the pocket a lot of times to see his lanes. It's not a big deal. But Russell Wilson, whatever. Like when I have a quarterback that's 6'3 plus that gets ball batted down, that's a little concerning. But to me, the crazier thing was it just looked like everything was moving at warp speed. First time ever in the game, understandable. But the loopy release, like that is going to be something. And there was one play. He threw like, it was probably like a deep comeback or maybe like an over route, you know, probably 15, 20 yards down past the line of scrimmage. And he's, you know, seven yards back. So it's a long throw. He hits Sanu and he kind of has to dive back for it. But just how the loopy release and then the the trajectory of the ball, it was just like, God, this is, 
this is going to need some work. And I think Kyle, if, if he was sitting here with me and you having some beers, he'd be like, bro, this guy's a project. And I'd be like, okay, I'm fine with that. But he doesn't have anything. Are you guys coaching him up in practice? Or are you just in this mode of game, 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 game? He's your backup quarterback, one. And two, you have this history of your starting quarterback who's hurt again. Are you guys working on some of this shit? Like, are you? Because I, I think everyone would be like, Middlecoff, of course. I No, that is not true. Because you get in this mode. Coaches spend the first two days, Monday, Tuesday, film room, film room, by themselves, all dark for fucking 40 hours in two days. They don't do any interacting beside with themselves. And then they just implement game plan. The development in the pros, sneaky doesn't happen as much as you think. I think a lot of the development happens with young guys when they're playing. And then you coach them up, you know, on film review and stuff. And then you kind of work on those techniques as you are implementing the game plan. But when you're not playing in a, a true backup and no one's a truer backup than a backup quarterback, because they do not play at all, right? If I'm, even if I'm Surefield, I still might get a couple reps on offense and I get coached up on a couple things. He has not played a snap until that moment. I guess, I mean, a couple snaps, but nothing. He's he thrown one pass. So, he, they might not be doing anything as crazy as it sounds besides some individual periods in practice to like truly improve this guy. That's no, a little the player crazy. development happens in the offseason, especially with quarterbacks. Like, you know, that's why he spent all that time with John Beck and Quincy Avery to get his footwork better and to get his motion better. His, his pro day, somebody commented in the YouTube that they thought his, his motion looked slow, looked shorter in the pro day. Probably did. That was the focus then. Now the focus is getting ready to be the backup quarterback for a game. So what can you do? I don't think you can make his motions shorter by week 17. I Like to me, that is – Well, no, I know. The oh, solution yeah. to me is a few things. You almost – you have that, to, that, that has to get fixed. Well, you have to quicken his – to me, the way you kind of duct tape it is you give him fewer decisions to make, right? <laughs> Already duct taping to Trey Lance. Well, no, I'm not, I'm just saying we talked about training wheels as an offense before the season. Like training wheels means let's find one read, and if it's not there, maybe we just go. Well, Kyle did it with RG3 once yeah. upon a time. Let's, so instead of let's look and look and look, let's find one read, let's get out of the pocket. And as you're out of the pocket, you can look if you see something else go. Passes get batted down for two reasons. One, you're short. Two, you know it's coming, right? You can block it. It's 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 just it's easier to block a pass attempt if you have more time to react to the arm going back and the arm coming forward. So I don't you you're right. You can't fix that part of it right now. That's too much. I don't want him thinking about his motion as he's dropping back and Chandler Jones is coming off the edge. But I do give him less things to think about then. When you hit is, those 270 yard drives yesterday, were you thinking or are you just letting it rip? Well, you did say give me Bryson, and I put that one on this. I put that one on the access road. <laughs> it did look deep though, off the <laughs> off the club head. <laughs> uh my driver's broken. I think there's something rattling inside of it. But you, I you, you know time to upgrade. Look, he it, no doubt. He uncorked a big throw. What did Bobby Wagner do? Dive and break it up. He he missed a couple balls high too, right? Kittle in the end zone got him hit by Adams. I think he missed um I think he missed Debo high down the along the right numbers. Like I just don't give now him he, credit for the Debo touchdown. It was wide open no, blown I, coverage. Yeah, you, you're, if you, I I would look at that like wins above replacement, right? Your 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 uh, your zero war player makes that throw. Yeah, and right. clearly he was terrified to screw it up, so he just lobbed it right there, which but, I don't blame him. Derek hey, Carr does that sometimes too. You just got to complete it. It's but about you easy. Don't, you it's don't get credit decisions. for a 75-yard touchdown on that one. No. You just don't. Not in it's, the NFL. It's about easy decisions. 
It's about easy decisions. And I thought as the game went on, like a few people have said he looked better as the game went on. Like it was pretty, some, it was, they were down a couple touchdowns. It was garbage time. They got him some quick throws to use check. Like I expect more use check. I hope, right. This would be a game. I think where you would get more Kittle. If Kittle doesn't have to stand and protect this week. Um, but I think that that'll be, and Kittle's not a hundred percent. Well, and Trent, they, they, I think Trent Williams, they avoided disaster clearly. Cause he's like day to day. It's not like a devastating shoulder injury. Yeah. So even if Trent Williams, like let's say you justify it. Hey, just, we're going to give him this week off. Play the backup tackle, get to the bye week, basically give him a two weeks. Can we somehow pull an upset here and get some guys healthy in a couple weeks? Like, I don't think that's the craziest move. Now, if Trey Lance is starting, no Trent Williams, but it's like, I, it, it's a lot of dominoes. This is, but it's the same conversation now. You know, it, you got to find a way. I understand with Jimmy, he can only do so much. This guy does have other things to the table. He can run, have some like sprint out plays. Have some plays where he'll just run the option. Implement some plays that he just ran in college that are just basic shit. You just go back to simple. That's And I'm not being critical. Like, Kyle can do that. He's done it before. But I do think it goes back to Kyle, though, a little bit. He's just so obsessed with, like, every week. There, There is a balance to it. And I do think it's hard, harder when you're younger. And in a weird way, besides, he hasn't really proven anything. You know? But I will just, say, you know... In some ways, playing a young quarterback can force you to be different than you are. That's what I'm saying. And yeah. it is, like he was forced with RG three just to find because his mindset is let's win this week. So he was forced. He was forced to change. But clearly, with Jimmy, they don't want to fuck with that right now. They're not quite in the mood with that one yet. Right? Uh, Trying to force Jimmy to still play if that's what they're doing. Oh yeah, if you're saying they would rather just do the Jimmy thing than play a different offense with Trey Lance. Yes. Yeah. Which. I get, I get, I wouldn't See, want, I, 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 at this I point with the way Jimmy's playing, I think that one's, I might be out on that one. Uh, I could understand, again, I would play Trey. I could understand if, if they sit around going, I think Jimmy gives us a better chance to win. I could understand that. Now, our point is he might give you a better chance, but is he going to win you enough games to make it worth it in the end? And I think the answer to that is no, right? Like Jimmy might give you a better chance today, but is he going to stack? Is he actually take advantage of those chances, win that game, and then win nine more of those games and put you in the playoffs? But this goes back to what we talked about on Sunday night after the game. Let's say you start Trey. Let's just use a hypothetical. He starts the next three games, and you only win one of them. So you're one, and you'd be three and four or something, right? Or, you know, that's your record somewhere like that. You're under 500. But... And it's like, it's going to be really hard to make the playoffs at three and four, 10 games left. We'd probably have to win like eight of them to have a shot. Go like eight and three down the stretch. What if getting him some lumps, having some ability to coach up, having a game off Arizona where you get the entire bye week to build off. Now he has a game and a, and a half. Yeah. Helps you in November and December. Like if you're a Bears fan right now and this guy plays well against the Raiders. Now he has three starts under his belt. And it's just like shows pot. They could lose and be like, well, at least we'll just keep fucking stacking games with fields. Yeah. And there is no like, you know, he got to stack a half, clearly a lot to work on. And then he doesn't get to play for maybe another month when you're like uh, three and seven and you're out of the playoff mix. You're like, fuck it. We we just let him play the last seven games. That's what it feels like. What's going to happen. The way I would put it is where's this going? Where's this going? Where's this ending? This is ending with Trey Lance playing. That's what I think, right? 
I think it's ending. Even if you went with Jimmy Garoppolo this week and then you went with him next week, where are we in five weeks? I think Trey Lance is playing because I don't think it's good. I don't think you're going to win enough games the other way. And so the question is, do they see, can they see that? Can they, is that a, is that right? And B can, do they, can they see that and go, you know what? It may not be better today, but it's going to be better in three weeks and five weeks and eight weeks and 10 weeks and 12 weeks because of it. I think it's really difficult for a coach who I think has offensive coordinator hat on a little too much right now to go, what we just said about Trey, it was not good. And if I, if I was him, back, I don't have, I, I can't deal with that right now. I just, and I, so if you put his hat on, you're just like, well, Guy and John, you just told me it was terrible. Like we all saw it. We watched the film. It was, he is a major work in progress. And now you want me to start him? So it's like you're constantly bad. And that's usually what an offensive coordinator would say. How many stories over our lifetime have we seen? Like the offensive coordinator was not on board with the plans because that's not the way he thinks. He's just trying to score points that week. It goes back to Kyle's mindset in the Super Bowl, which I always defend. Not the Chiefs Super Bowl, but a Super Bowl where he was oh. the assistant coach. Like Dan Quinn, if you just said, hey, remember when the Falcons blew the Super Bowl? I think most people would be like, yeah, remember Kyle Shanahan blew it? They're like, he's the head fucking coach? No, I think Dan Quinn gets the biggest pass ever. Kyle was a coordinator. He had one goal, score points, and that's what he was trying to do. Dan Quinn at any moment could have gone, dude, uh, Kyle, uh, let's get three runs here. Yeah, right? except that's not how Dan operated, right? He let Kyle, it was Kyle was in charge of, kind of in charge of clock management. I know, but when, when you're a head coach, you can at least say, hey, Kyle, totally. we, we got a 15-point tw- yeah. lead and right now. They're kind of coming back. Let's just, let's take a if deep Devontae breath. If Devontae Freeman picks up a blitz, it's it's a touchdown to Julio and it's a blowout Super Bowl win. But I know, but I'm just saying, like, I, I think sometimes it gets very, very difficult. I have nothing but respect. I can't even imagine how hard it is to be the coordinator and the head coach at the same time. And if you look at it like... It, like the two best, I think, that are viewed right now in the league are old, are Peyton and Andy. They've been doing it for so long. Like I do think Kyle's trying to figure this out a little bit as he goes now with this new quarterback situation. Like he's never, since he's been here and Jimmy really got established as the starter, like he's never really been in this spot. Like how many go, especially Andy. Andy's dealt so many young quarterbacks, guys that had it, guys that didn't. Kevin Cobb to Mahomes to having bridge guys like Alex who were better. Like you just have a lot of things to go back on where Kyle just has the one RG three experience. And we keep saying to implement an offense like that for Trey, because that's probably the move, but he'd tell you that was a, I fucking hate RG three. So also, it's, it's like, it's brings up the heebie jeebies to him. <laughs> let's, let's read a few of the YouTube comments here on this because we want to get, get all perspectives. Mike Carnahan, full name on the internet, Mike. Says hard to compare Lance to RG three. It was a different league than NFL coaches are more equipped now versus running quarterbacks. It has been interesting the times we've seen Trey run. That and it's I, like, and I don't mean like they're the. I'm just using like you just have to change your offense. Obviously, he's a much different player than RG three because RG three was a track star. This guy is not. Yeah, I, I. But I think his point, and I think it's well made. Every time you've seen Trey come into the game and they've gone to some run plays, it's not been like. There hasn't been a second of feeling like the defenses don't know what to do. Like, yeah, they know. And except now the difference is they don't have to spend four days on it at practice. They spend 10 minutes. And every guy in that defense did it in college. Every guy in that defense in the NFL now played against this in college, right? Yeah. Every guy. Every single one of them. But also when Trey every takes off, it does, it's he, and we've been saying this, he is not Lamar and he is not Kyler. It's not like, whoop, 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 whoop. I know, you but know, I'm just saying, like, what's the thing? Like, you just, you put that, you put the defense in conflict. Well, they've been in conflict now every game they've played. They understand what it looks like. But but I'd also push back a little bit. Like, the most, 
you know, Brady's somewhat of an outlier. A lot of quarterbacks that have movement skills, like even Sam Darnold, did you see his touchdown where they ran the option? He like cut yeah. it back. Like you can't. Which one? He ran two. Yeah, you can have like I, I want my quarterback. To me, his mobility is more Darnoldy, right? It's more Deshaun Watsony. It's more yeah. even I, I kinda always be like, you know, Russell's not as fast as he was. Rewatching that second half when he took off, I'm like, God damn, he can still fucking run. He's got these little steps that are just <laughs> Well, Kinlaw, Kinlaw had the, you know, he couldn't pick up his knees. He's chasing them. And Kinlaw's the probably is like. Kinlaw catches 99% of the population. 99.99. All right. Uh, Sir Elderly says, quit playing the narrative that Trey's final drive was garbage time. Seattle rushed for and still played with a spy and changed single too high on defense. So, Guy, when you're up 14 points with two or three minutes, it's it, the whole fourth quarter to me looked like a garbage time game. Never once in my mind, I think, yeah, the Niners are even getting close to win this game. It was a garbage time fourth quarter. I, I thought what happened as the game went on, they got the ball out, like, I think late in the game was a couple of those use check throws. I did think he looked better in terms of just getting out of the pocket instead of staying in the pocket and looking at, I, which I love a guy that'll stay in the pocket and look to make a play, but I thought he vacated um, the bowels of the pocket faster. So I, I did think he looked maybe a little more comfortable as the game went on. I think that's fair because he looked really uncomfortable early. Um, Which is to be expected. Young guy, yeah. you know. Again, 20. this is the argument. That we are arguing to play him. Well, because, because we the only to way play. to improve those nerves and just feeling more comfortable is to play more. What happened as the, as the weeks went on? Last week in the Thursday night game, we're like, oh, Trevor Lawrence starting to look like Trevor Lawrence. Oh, did you see the sweet pass Zach Wilson had? Oh, Justin Fields, week two, looked much better than he did the first week. Fucking we're all humans. We improve the more we play. Oh, lay, uh, Mac Jones, most comfortable game, even though his stats are actually pretty terrible. Like, they're not scoring many points. He is not pushing the ball downfield. But, like, he just gets better. You get better in football by playing. I, and I, th- I, I think this carries over to every single job. The more you do something, the more comfortable. The first day you walk into any job for the first time, you know that butterfly feeling? You're just like, God, this is... I remember going to Fresno State, going to the Eagles, going to a radio job. Like, the first time you actually have a new job, you're like, this is a new feeling. A year in, you're just like, fucking shirt untucked. You're like, peanut butter on your face. You're finishing a, you know, walking in. You don't even think about it, right? Because you're just, you're just in the mode. You're just there to grind. You're there to work. <laughs> and it just... I, it speaks for quarterback. Like Tom Brady, obviously you have, you're locked in, you try hard every week, but your comfort showing up to work every week gets infinitely more comfortable in an uncomfortable environment. Yeah. Play him. Play him. Play him. If he had played another quarter, it probably would have looked better than it did the quarter he played. I guess the two quarters he played. If he had started the game, who knows? Who knows? Uh, John, we're going to talk about the Cardinals, but before we do, let's talk about overland.com slash ham. Everybody go get some slippers. Go get your warm, fluffy, comfortable overland.com slash ham. Slippers where you get free shipping and free returns. We've both got pairs. Uh, Mine are just out of reach, but you got yours there? No, I was going to, I reached down for them and I realized I got some Nikes on. Shoes in the house. I know. Um, got I've got these, the uh, Australian Merino sheepskin. These are the ones that uh, they sent me. <clears throat> and John, you went with the, um, uh, I think you went with these, right? I went with those. I cannot recommend no, those enough. These. You know, these are actually look good. These are not the ones you picked. These are good They're too, not. though. The class, you, the, 
those look good for like a Christmas morning with some. This is what you went with the Clyde uh, Australian Merino scuff mule slippers with arch support. They're lighter. They're breathable. My feet don't sweat because they got, you know, the, that open in the back. You can wear them. It's like, oh, I forgot something in the garage. Walk down outside. Oh, I forgot something in the car. No, oh, I'm going to go get the mail. It has the nice rubber sole. Very good support. Um, can't recommend them enough. So don't wait another day to slip into something way more comfortable. Get the best, highest quality sheepskin slippers on the market at overland.com slash ham. You'll get free shipping and free returns. I recommend you go today because these slippers are so beloved that they've been known to sell out, guy. Overland.com slash ham. Overland.com slash ham. Overland, a family-owned American heritage brand that's put comfort and quality first for nearly 50 years. And they've got other things, uh, outerwear, accessories, home decor. they got some leather jackets, all kinds of stuff, belts, sustainable natural fibers like sheepskin, leather, wool. That's where they make their stuff from. Expert craftsmanship to pair the highest quality merino sheepskin, which is naturally moisture-wicking, temperature-regulating, and antimicrobial with support memory foam outsoles in order to make slippers feel better, wear better, for longer. This is not part of their region, but who knows what the supply chain is going to look like come holiday time. You might want to get some stuff done early. Uh, everyone needs slippers, so they're the perfect no-brainer gift. I'm not kidding. I've just You ask anybody, supply chain issues. That's, I've heard that phrase more in the last week. That I've heard in my whole life. Well, guy, have I mean, some people are acting like it's October sixth. I I noticed supply chain issues three months ago. With America, well, I know so I would have expected it three months ago. What I'm saying is, you would it's gotten worse, not better, and you would have expected it to get worse. By getting way, you see some of the stories coming out of the L.A. port. They say that the toys for Christmas, you better order them early because you if you got a little son, a little daughter. They might go Christmas list whoa, with presents. Whoa, 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 or Hanukkah. Santa, Santa doesn't. Hanukkah, Harry. They don't need the ports. Okay, they don't need the ports. Well, sometimes they get help. The unions you know, are making it tough on Santa. <laughs> Santa needs help. It's not the union's fault. A hundred percent satisfaction guarantee. Customer experience is uh, and customer service are fantastic. Overland.com/ham. That's Overland.com/ham. As John said, so many, so many great options. At overland.com. No wonder the NFL dominates. Supply chains are relevant to them. They're just like, our games will be on Sunday. Get ready. <laughs> I'll let's see, are we going to get these broadcasts on the air? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Um, you know, I would really be worried if the uh, tortilla supply chain was low. But here's the good news. At Puesto, they make their own tortillas, John. They make their own tortillas in-house every day. You and I went to Puesto last week in Concord. They've got another location in Santa Clara ton of locations in Southern California and two locations inside Levi stadium. Ooh, ooh. Sections Over. 110 and 129 guy. So if you're going to go to Levi's, I think someone sent us a pic last week, a couple yep. them eating Puesto tacos at the stadium, watching the Niners lose. Hopefully next time you go, they win. You enjoy a Puesto taco, filet mignon. I don't think it's at the Niner Stadium, but when you go to Santa Clara, when you go to Concord, I highly recommend that. It is fantastic. Shrimp taco is bomb, too. I love a good shrimp taco. Bar's cool. A lot of margaritas. Um, I think our guy Devin said they're going to get a Tito's taco. Uh, might be a little. Okay. I don't know if I'm supposed to say, but it's coming. It's all coming. Good things. Puesto, go check it out. Yeah, man. Uh, founded in 2012 in La Jolla. By a first-generation Mexican-American family, over 500 tequilas and spirits. And if you want, we did this. You can go. You can go margarita with vodka, maybe a Tito's. But hey, we're not. This is a Puesto ad, not a Tito's ad. Um, a, a massive taco selection. I mean, the beauty is you just you order one taco at a time. So, like, I ordered a plate with three. We each ordered three tacos. We got some great guacamole and chips. We got some um, uh, taquitos, which are 
Largo, oh. not, not Pequeno. Um, they are very big. Did I do that right? Yeah, mucho, mucho, uh, yeah, I don't know. Largo, <laughs> Pequeno, small, right? Pequeno, small, yeah. Yeah, they're not, they're not, the, they're not Pequeno. They were uh, lar- Largo, Largo Taquito. <laughs> um, I think that's real Spanish. No, I think it's not bad. Yeah. That might have just appeared from seventh grade in the back of my head. The Quesabiria taco, I recommend. That was my favorite. Crispy melted cheese, braised short rib, um, some pickled radish, some classic guacamole, Jalisco salsa. Um, but it's fantastic. Go check it out. Fantastic. Highly I've recommend. actually, since we've done with Puesto and we've just gotten the Mexican theme, I took, you know, like I think most kids, I guess you could have taken French, but, you know, my what my parents made me take Spanish. I pro- I didn't try, but I should have because it'd be a valuable thing to have. Mr. Brown, we were going to, I was going to Holmes Junior High School. <clears throat> it would have either been eighth or ninth grade. And I don't know if I was behind the rumor, but there were some like, did he have a relationship with a student? And I we started talking about it. And it was one of those things like, is Mr. Brown sleeping with this girl? Uh, and I don't know if it was true. It would have been pretty crazy if it was true because she would have been in ninth grade. But I remember he caught wind of it. And, you know, I think nowadays you would probably just turn me in or something. But I think he wanted to fight me. And it was a bizarre time in, the, in my life. But me and Mr. <laughs> Brown did not see eye to eye on that one. Mr. Brown and me. <laughs> did you did you ever do you take Spanish, Davis? Yeah. Mr. Uh, Brown, your yep. teacher? Nope. Who's your teacher? You remember? <laughs> you remember teachers from high school? Absolutely. Like name me one. Mr. Best, Mr. Van Myden. Yeah, Mr. Best. Wasn't he an offensive guard or offensive tackle at UC Davis? Is that true? It might have been. He he was a UC Davis football player. Like he before he Sizer. Yeah. Okay. Ronning. <laughs> R.I.P. Golf coach, right? Yeah, golf coach, yeah. Can't. Uh, all right. We watched the car in preparation. We watched the uh the Cardinals and the Rams. And uh the Cardinals, now that the Raiders lost on um, Monday Night Football, the last undefeated team in the NFL. Chase Edmonds? Is he their best player? If I didn't know anything, I'd watch them and think like, is the quarterback the best player or is the fourth rounder from Fordham three years ago the best player? Holy smokes. What do you think of this team? Well, I, I think you got to start with Kyler Murray, who is, you know, I think he's on a handful of a short list of the most unique, sweet players to ever watch. That every little kid between like eight to 16 is just going to love. Like, you don't probably meet many 14 year olds that you'd be like, what do you think of Lamar Jackson? Be like, I love Lamar Jackson. Why? Because they use him in video games. If you just went to the average 14 year old kid who's either on Pee Wee's or like ninth grade football team, who's one of your favorite players in pro football, I think Kyler would come up. And I saw Scott Boris tweeted out a picture, like I follow the Boris Co. Maybe it was on Instagram. And it was a picture at the, uh, that game on Sunday at SoFi, pregame warmups, Kyler came over to him and he gave him a hug. And 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 Boris is like, wrote on Instagram, like he would have been a star center fielder, but he made the right choice. And now he's dominating pro football. And it's, he is, he's way better than anyone could have envisioned, including the Cardinals. And I all, if you watched him at Oklahoma, you knew he had just special attributes, his speed, his arm strength, his accuracy. But to me, if you go the short list of in the last two decades, the best running quarterbacks, two guys come to mind, Michael Vick, Lamar Jackson. I think both of those guys have a fatal flaw and it hurt Michael more than it's ever hurt Lamar because he hasn't really been injured, is they do not slide. So they run a shitload, and when they run, 
Like, oh, I got to get down. Sometimes they just dive head first into collisions. Kyler, if, if he was a pro baseball player right now, his slide would be like a top five slide in the league. His slide is so smooth that he pops back up. And they all know because clearly on tape during the week, teams know like, I'm sure a coaching point for a defensive coach, and this sucks. Like with Michael Vick or Lamar, when you catch him downfield, if you can hit him, hit him. Because he's he's never going to give himself up. With Kyler, I bet a coaching point, if you just went to a random defensive coordinator that's played in the last couple of years, like we tell our guys, you got to pull up a little bit because he's going to slide and then tap. You know, you, you do not leave your feet with him. Two, he can make you miss. And one, you'll probably hit him late and you'll get a penalty. Yeah. If you, he, if you can even square him up when he's sliding. Yeah, his his sliding is, to me, a separating factor for his talent. I mean, he's no Trey Turner. It's a very different slide. Trey tries to slide as far as possible. Yeah. Kyler, like, tries to – Kyler slides super – like, because he's a, such a good slider, he can slide really late. Right? Like, a lot of guys who are bad sliders, you can see the slide coming because they're not exactly sure how to get down. Because Siler, Kyler is so smooth, he slides really late, which I think makes it even harder – to play defense against because he can decide at the last second to slide. I think Michael Vick, I don't know if he said this when he was with the Eagles, maybe after he retired, but like when he was with the Falcons, they brought Bobby Cox over or one of his staff members to try to teach him how to slide. That sounds vaguely familiar, actually, yeah. They probably brought out the mat with the slidable thing on top of the cushion. Don't you think it's a huge advantage this guy just was a normal baseball player, so it's a comfortable motion for him? Because anyone that's – if you play like go to a softball game – and I remember Brian Hawkins tried me to get his join his like Walnut Creek League a couple years ago. And I'm like, do you guys slide and stuff? He's like, well, sometimes guys just get really into it. And you, sometimes you're wearing I'd shorts. I'd have to wear but, pants. I'm not wearing yeah. shorts. <laughs> but you just you forget and you slide. If you ever just go out to a random, even if you played baseball in high school, whatever, I think you kind of forget the motion. It's one of those things. It can be uncomfortable if it's not a natural motion to you. Like to me, he is as natural. I'm pretty sure I can go slide right now on demand. Like get a sweet, normal slide. Oh, yeah. I don't know. As long as the do I have like JV dirt or or big league dirt? Big league dirt's easy to slide on. JV dirt, you know. Yeah, you might get a rock in your ass or something. That's the thing about those like adult league softballs teams. It's just like, what are we playing on? Uh, Brittany on YouTube says Lance isn't a bad slider. He just doesn't slide. Is that concerning? Yes, it's a little concerning. Well, most most running quarterbacks do not slide. You know that that is a point of difference for Kyler. At his like Cam a, Newton, Cam Newton never slid. Lamar doesn't slide. Michael Vick doesn't slide. The the other thing he does Russell really well, Russell slides. And what's Russell his background? Slides. Baseball. The other thing Russell Kyler does really well, and we saw it in the Rams game, is like screen passes or swing passes to running backs coming out of the backfield are really easy for him. And again, he get, he does it quickly. Why? Because he he it's like he's turning a double play. I mean, he throws it. It's like a big league double play, right? He doesn't have to turn his whole body. He just kind of gets his arm out there and kind of sidearms it. He's really good at it. So he yeah, also he's, he's also played in you know the spread offense now for a long time, right? It's a comfortable motion for him on top of the baseball background. Yeah, but that to me, like when I see that play, I think Oklahoma. Like he is just he's very comfortable in his environment. Like you watch Jimmy sometimes, you're like, this is just not comfortable. I watch Kyler and go, he's just very comfortable in this scheme. Like, say what you want about him, small, like, and I still think that when you're that small, you're eventually going to get ragdolled as he did last year. He's harder to catch. Like, you knew Michael Vick was going to get hurt because he was going to get hurt in a collision when he was running. Lamar, I think, eventually is going to get an injury. When I say an injury, it might just be a deep thigh bruise. It might be a broken rib. You know, it might be something like that. To me, Kyler, 
his injury more than likely because he avoids hits is going to come in the pocket when like uh, Joey Bosa gets a clean shot on, you know, or something like that. Yeah. Mac, Nick Bosa, just a guy. Hell, it could just be a Kinlaw falls on him, right? You know, he turns around and Kinlaw's right there. It's going to be an offensive line fuck up. But you watch him in his offense, and you did last year when he was healthy. He's a perfect scheme fit, you know? And his ability to make plays out of his ass or, I mean, is he as good as it's as we've ever seen? John, uh, fan-sided is always good for, like, a list. I have here the top eight wins of the Cliff Kingsbury era as of 2018. It's an old list um, because he just beat the Rams. And uh, now if he beats the Niners, he's 5-0 and with wins in his division over the Rams and the 49ers. Who could forget that um, that time they they beat TCU back in 2016 with Pat Mahomes? <laughs> Do you know what his record is in the division, guy? Um, what year is this for him? Three. This is his third year. Yeah. So he's played he's two and zero. Uh, oh. He probably what did he go last games. year? Three and three. He's played thirteen games. I'm going to say he's eight and five. He's four and nine. What? He's two and two against Seattle. He's got to go now. He's one and three against the Niners, and he was zero and four against the Rams till Sunday. So he has two wins in seven games against the Niners and Rams. And I think both those two teams have two things in common. One, they typically run the ball, which the Rams, you know, they did. They were down. So if they get a lead, they can control the clock, and their defenses are physical. And the one thing with Seattle is like Seattle is kind of like a way better version, not necessarily now, but the last couple of years than Arizona, right? Great offense, defense, kind of sketchy, kind of soft team, but great playmakers. The Rams and, and San Francisco, you know, they say styles make fights are the opposite of the Cardinals, and they want to get into a fist fight. The Cardinals really just kind of want to dance around and do fun shit. And watching that game on Sunday, the Cardinals were like, you know what? We're kind of physical. They laid a couple Rams out on defense. I was like, damn, these guys are fitting people. You know? Their offense looked the same, but defensively they were flying. Like, they were like, okay, you want to get in a fist fight? We've added, we've added a couple guys. And, yeah, our, I, and I would some say of their, their offense, younger players are better. I do think their running backs look physical. Like, Chase Edmonds <laughs> runs hard. Yeah, he's right? a solid player. But to me, like, that offense... And I think you see it sometimes, like when I watch Mike Leach or uh, what's his name, Corgi. The I was watching your game last week, the Max Borgi guy. Yeah, when your when your passing game in the spread is running, those those running back lanes, when it's like you, you just get like a little delayed handoff and shit, those guys can hit like 20, 30 yard runs. Like yeah. those those running backs in the high octane spread offenses can get loose. It happens well, a lot in college, harder in the pros. I'll tell you, I thought there were some Mozart-like runs in that Cardinals-Rams game from both teams. Daryl Henderson had some big runs, big holes to run through for the Rams, too. Like, I do think the Niners can hit some big plays in the run game this week. If Mitchell's supposed to be back. Who? Elijah Mitchell, the oh, oh. other rookie. Well, I, yeah, I think there's going to be you feel better run. about your run game if you got him and Sermon? Yeah, I think there's going to be some run plays to hit this week. Maybe Lance will hit some of them. Maybe well, to, I don't know. Well, don't you play this game like the way they won it on last year? You have to slow it down because you get this Beathard high. Game? You get this high pace. Right. Is that the game you're talking about? <laughs> CJ yeah, Beathard beat the yeah. Cardinals. Yeah. When it kind of, I mean, that was the reason they didn't make the playoffs, right? Yeah. And you just have to get into a mode of we need to slow it down. We cannot 
Like the Rams, in theory, could have, right? We'll get into a shootout with you. I mean, it, you know, in theory, like the Niners cannot play that way right now. They have to find a way, hell, even to play like the Seattle game. You know, yeah. low scoring, just, you know, a couple touchdowns in the third quarter where we're both, you know, maybe it's 14 to 10, something like that. And in a weird way, it's crazy. Who would have thought we'd be talking like this, you know, a month ago? You're just going to need Arizona to overlook slash kind of let, you know, come out flat. And like, you got to be their do. trap game. Yeah. Yeah. You got to be their trap game. Uh, Which is harder in the division, wouldn't you say? Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. Um, and I, th- I do think the Niners can win this week, but uh, we'll make our official pick on Friday. You know, the other thing I really like is this uh, Derek Carr, uh, Joey Bosa thing that's bubbling, John. I think the Monday Night Football game looked pretty sweet. Uh, did the Raiders good. didn't really hold up their end of the bargain until they started to make some plays. Um, but I'm enjoying, I think this is, you're not getting, you've said for years, you know, the NFL was so lucky to have Manning and Brady, right? And we saw the way the NFL promotes. Like ultimately what the NFL has, it can promote the way the NBA promotes, which is just stars, or it can just promote teams. Like here's just two teams. It's football. Just watch it. We'll see what happens with London on Saturday morning. Is that game Falcons Jets? <laughs> something like that. It's something like that. That might not be the game, but whatever the game is, it's like that. I didn't realize there was a London game this week. Um, I'll double check that. But anyway, what did you think of uh, I, I, my my point is I just like this, like Nick Bosa, uh, Joey Bosa, excuse me. You were right. Derek Carr is that the game? Jets at Falcons in what, what Tot- are we doing Tottenham to Hotspur. What are we doing to these people? I don't know. Why are we doing this to them? I don't know. Um, because they don't know better. But I like this. Joey Bosa versus Derek Carr. This is good. This is good, John. Because here's the thing. I think Derek's good enough to Derek's good enough to play well against the Chargers. And the Chargers are clearly good. And Joey's a star. And I Joey's mean, a star, and Derek's a star. Yeah. Joey's the better player. And I, I think start the week, and he's not factually wrong, but going into the week, Derek was saying this has been our a home game, our ninth home game my entire career. And we expect it to be the same, basically. Like he talks shit during the week in a in a non super aggressive, but like that's a comment that I'm sure the Chargers coach said, like fuck these guys. Yeah. Even he's right. There were more Raider fans there than Charger fans. No one's arguing that. But if you're Joey Bosa, you go, well, fuck you. Like you don't think like, oh yeah, we'll just lay over. They just get to have the home game. And like the knock on Derek as a player. I think what Joey Bosa, and you say this a lot, like when you hear, when you talk to college guys, and all you got to do is watch a college player, they don't go as viral, like obviously when NFL guys get the podium, but a lot of college players, when they get to the podium, and I think young NFL guys are this, if you truly listen, like to a non quarterback, they are reiterating a lot of things that have probably been hammered to them, especially if it's a Thursday or Friday on Wednesday and Thursday that day in the meeting or practice. So they are reiterating what the coach told me, told them. If you don't think Joey Bosa was just reiterating what his, his head coach is also his defensive coordinator, who is, let's face it, like Brandon Staley now, is he on the short list of like one of the better defensive coaches in the league? Like he had the yeah. number one defense last year. He's I think he's a good head coach. Disciple. I think they made a good hire, John. <laughs> yeah, I do too. And by the way, where was he before he was with the Chargers? He was Rams defensive coordinator. I'm sorry. Where was he before he was? Well, with Fangio. Rams? Yeah, he's a Fangio. In the AFC guy. West. So he exactly. So he knows him very well. Now, I'm not saying that Joey couldn't have come up with this on his own with watching film, and I'm sure he did. He's been there long enough now to be enough game plans 
Gus Bradley was his defensive coordinator. But you can't convince me that that's not how they talked all week. Like, their game plan, we hit this guy, and they were blitzing the shit out of him. He'll fold. And I still think, like, Derek's playing the best of his career. Like, he is, he's still, a, he's an excellent player right now. Like, I think he's probably somewhere between, like, 7 to 10 right now in the NFL. Like, he's a really good starting quarterback. But his one flaw, his true flaw, is I think consistently, if you got a guy coming right at him, and this is always separates the guys that get the most respect in the NFL. And even Tom doesn't like, if a guy's coming at Tom, like, in 2021, he's not as likely to just sit there and get peppered. That's not his thing. And I'm not saying a lot of guys do it. But to win big in the big games in December and January, playoff games, you got to be willing to sit there and take a lick. And that is what people in the NFL, like his one major red flag, is because it's not talent, it's not ability to make the throws, it's not football IQ, it's obviously not character or anything. Like, I think he has one red flag right now, and they go, you know, if it gets tough physically and he's getting hit, he'll fold. And that's you know, exactly what Joey said. Yeah, that's what Joey said, and that's clearly the scouting report. And I think going back to, you know, his draft time, I think that was a question about him. That was I, the biggest knock. I think he can – that, and he really hadn't played in that many big games. Like, they played SMU, Marcus Hunt. You remember that guy? He was like 6'8". They got after Rick's him. drafted him like a top second round. And, and how many Pro Bowls? Uh, zero. And um, NSC and Derek was hurt for the SC game in the Vegas Bowl. But I – um. I actually don't totally buy it. Like, I think it's a legitimate coaching point, and clearly the Chargers know what they're doing. Um, but I, what I mean is I do think you can hit Derek, and Derek can still have a good game. I think he has taken another step as a player. Well, he was. He, he battled through that game and put them in position. They were down a score. I don't worry about that with him. And part of it is I think he's got a lot of weapons on his team. Like, I think there's plays to be made, and, and um, I think he's got help. I don't think he – I don't see him – like cowering and even though the image of him going down with that football but you know Manning used to just fall down and both of them used to just fall down in the pocket uh you know it's a bad image but I don't think he's soft I I think he can take a hit pop up play but it, it can't be one of the best players in the league and if you you know the way the Bosa's talk like like a quote reads a lot different than it sounds coming out of his mouth but he said it and yeah, I think so a lot of times it. players a lot of defensive players give you a good insight to be like, what do you think the main three or four bullet points are when they walk into the defensive team meeting on Wednesday? And Kill just the head the, the body will die? Just the overview before we're even getting schematics, just basically keep an eye on this guy, hit this motherfucker, and watch out for this. Just some three big themes. It's pretty clear that that's a big theme. Now, the Chiefs don't have that ability, right? There no. are two of the teams in the division, though, do. The Broncos, that game was actually tight, tighter than it. I think people think when you see the final score, twenty-three to seven, it was a tie game for like at least a half. And they're just a physical team, and clearly the Chargers are a physical team. I don't think so, the Broncos are very good. No, but I'm just talking about the defensively. Like they have enough yeah. power on defense to just hit Derek. And just as the you know as we get in as the season goes, like this week, they're playing the Bears. You know, I mean, they, Khalil Mack, Roquan Smith, like they got some guys that will hit you, right? So it's just something that doesn't mean, you know, in a couple weeks, do they play the Browns this year? No, he avoids him. Just something to keep an eye on. Urban, is he going to make it to the end of the year? I say no. I'm not that I'm on some limb. You think he's going to get fired? 
I don't know. It just feels like it's gonna be. It could get bad. More bad. So- bad enough that shot like to me when it gets weird is when the owner feels embarrassed that's when things happen yeah but his team has been an embarrassment for years you know i know but this is different and i don't know i mean i this he might walk away from it you know what's funny is i listen i i think urban's a piece of shit i i think he's a complete fraud i've never been an urban meyer guy ever but I, I do think the overreaction to this whole thing is part of just when you lose and everyone's shitting on you. I would not want him to be my coach. I never would have hired him to be my coach as if I was an NFL owner. He's made for Saturdays. He is not a Sunday coach. But, like, I, I just – I think this deal has kind of jumped the shark. I agree, but the problem is not on Twitter, John. The problem's in his locker room. The report that like uh, yeah, and I'm the not players talking, are laughing at him. But like, I think they, but I think they were laughing at him. You know, Silver Mike Silver's thread. Now this might be the icing on the cake or the straw that break the camel's back or whatever you know saying you want to use. I think they thought he was a clown before the fucking game. Well, it's my point though. Is like you can't go. There's a there's. 75% of your seasons left. Do you know the do you know the thing I'm keeping an eye on? I've seen some people like I've seen some people tweet about it. This guy has a history of sticking knives in people's backs and that's his general manager. And I would just I'm not saying he's like a great white circling, you know, the the, the bloody uh, seal carcass, but I'm not saying he's not Are because you, saying, <laughs> you know, you know, I mean he wouldn't do this. Have someone film him at the thing? Oh, no, no, no. I was going to say, Jim Harbaugh might be perfect for these Jaguars. He actually would. I'm serious, but him and Trent aren't. Uh... What if you told Trent, you can become GM of a team again, but it has to be with Jim. Would he do it? Well, he's a GM right now. Well, I know, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, probably not. He wouldn't have done it. But who, who would he want to hire? He, Greg Roman? He, well, but, but here's the thing. Like, he won games with Jim. They aren't. Now, their team sucks. So it's... There's a balance between where well, you haven't won a game. It's it feels worse whenever you lose, but the, I think the problem is his coaching staff guy. Like you know his assistant head coach is Charlie Strong, who when you look at Charlie's resume, 61 years old, coached all over college, had a ton of success as an assistant with Urban at Florida. Last year had the classic like defensive analyst job with Nick Saban. I didn't know that till I Googled him I during the game. He's never coached a day in the pros. Not one, not one game in the pros. So Urban surrounded himself. Like I think he was known at Utah, and then definitely when he went to Florida, it's like God. His coaching staff was unreal. And then he had to pivot because all those guys became head coaches, like Dan Mullen, Charlie Strong. So he had to get a new crew of guys when he went to Ohio State. Well, who did he land? Luke Fickle. He kept, and that guy's become a star. Tom Herman, as offensive coordinator, which I know it got ugly, but he was excellent for him. Like he had a really, really good staff. Google his staff right now. Do you know that his defensive coordinator guy was the dude at Detroit, the defensive line coach that went through the drive-through naked? Oh, what was that guy's name? I don't know. I don't even know the guy's Look, name, but that's I, his coordinator. I think all of this stuff is a, are examples of why he set up to fail. Yeah, you, I've been spinning before. What'd you get spinning for? Oh, I drove through a naked, wasted at uh, Taco Bell. <laughs> I mean, guy, that's the guy's defensive coordinator. This is uh, John. I think it's. I think the problem on Twitter is whatever it is. Like Urban's career as a as a you know executive leader coach is probably damaged here. 
but I, I think the situation inside Jacksonville has to be really bad. How do you as the owner, when you find out that you've got players on your team, maybe a lot of players on your team, not taking your coach seriously, continue? That's that's what I think is the problem. It's it's not what everyone's saying on Twitter. It's that that organization has to be is a disaster right now. I know we're blaming Urban and he deserves blame, especially when you factor in you didn't fly home with the team. The optics are terrible. And I think, you know, optics what are those optics schmoctics but you i'm with you not- you and me were talking about in the golf cart like it, it listen it oh it's overrated for the most part but factoring in once you give the variables wait the team flew home without him he stayed and then he was with the chi- yeah i i get i completely get it i'm not naive enough to think like you know just let him be a guy but doesn't it start with the head coach putting this guy in a position like you've had all these years now owning the team and you're clearly a really successful money guy. You've made all this money. Yeah. He is a terrible fucking owner. I mean, God awful. He, he really is. Like, it's just, it's not really art. Like, look at Dave Tepper. Dave Tepper today, and they obviously made the trade, but he pays cash for that thing. He's just a high-level guy. He's not just some run-of-the-mill like kind of Steve Cohen where there's a lot of emotion, it feels like, though I'm sure he's an emotional guy. It feels like he's level-headed, but he also like, I don't know everything about football. So I'm going to go get this coach that's already interviewed for other jobs that people just think he's a really high level guy. If you ever watch Matt Rule talk, you just go, this guy is yeah. fucking impressive, man. And then, you know what? Do I want to pay him $70 million? Probably not. But he's at Baylor. They were paying him like $9 million a year at Baylor. So he pays him a ton of money. He goes get a Seattle GM, this up and comer, up and coming guy. The number two guy was Adam Peters, who everyone thinks also going to be. They're just on the right guys. Then they're just making credible moves. It just feels like, you know what, David Tepper, they might not win at all in the next couple of years, but it's like, that's an impressive operation. Shad Khan has more money than God. He owns from, you know, from people DM me, a soccer team that gets relegated all the time. They stink. His football team is a joke. Someone DM, or I had a buddy text me during the Thursday night game. He's like, where did all their, who are their players? Where did all their first round players go? I'm like, bro, you don't remember? They cut and traded them all. <laughs> like, they CJ had- Henderson got traded and ATN got hurt. But I'm even talking Fournette's about like, gone. Fournette's gone, Ramsey's gone, Bortles is a miss. Like they had all these top picks for all these years and they're all not on their team. It's a poor, poorly run organization. There's just no way around it. I mean, it's just, it's a joke and he's part of it. But I, you know, if AEW is doing well, according to the comments, the wrestling. Is he a part of that? Apparently he's, he owns it. Do you think Urban would be this big of a joke if he was the head coach of the Giants or, or Pittsburgh? Because I, I doubt it. And, and listen, I, I do not like Well, he'd Urban be Mark. better set up to win, which would make you, in and of itself, less, less of a joke, right? I think it just feels like this, it's just a clown show, that whole it place. Does. It does. John, let's tell the people about, you know what Urban could use? A good night's sleep, sleepnumber.com slash ham. Right now, go to sleepnumber.com slash ham. That is proven quality sleep. It's important. Get your seven to nine hours. I actually have not done that these first couple days of this week, and I noticed a big difference, made a point to get to bed early last night. Probably helped that we'd played some golf, been in the sun, had some Tito's. Boom, hit the hay. And uh, slept, I got 10 plus hours last night. It makes all the difference today. I'm jealous. You know, the better you sleep, more energy you have, and more you dominate every day, whether it's professionally, 
whether it's personally, you, when you feel better, like how good do you feel right now? After good fantastic. You, your head's free. Your uh, your brain's firing at all. I just, pistons for are me, firing if up I there. start the day rested and I start it early enough, it just sets up the whole day for success, I think. So, you know, Guy and I have had sleep number beds for a long time. I, I like mine, you know, a little harder guy likes, or excuse me, a little softer guy likes his a little harder. I, I, I do not do the super stiff. What, what do you have? 60? Still too hard? Yeah, my, depends know. on the day. I dialed it back a little. Back was a little tight after golf. <laughs> you know, you get injured. It's a physical sport. But, uh, you know, proven quality sleep is life-changing with Start Sleep Number adjustability. Save up to $800 on uh, Sleep Number 360 smart beds for a limited time. Plus, special financing. Uh, only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash ham. Sleepnumber.com slash ham. Sleepnumber.com slash ham. Save up to 800 bucks on the Sleep Number 360 smart beds for a limited time. Like John said, plus, plus, yeah, I said that word right. Special financing subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details. Butcherbox.com slash ham and another special deal. Free for a year. You get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional 20 bucks off right now at butcherbox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it for years on a regular basis. Easily find high-quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork-raised, crate-free, and wild-caught Seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer when you get butcherbox.com slash ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. Butcherbox is offering you free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. Prize Picks is America's number one fantasy sports app because it's the easiest and most exciting way to get in on the action. While you watch your favorite players in sports, you just pick more or less on two or more player stats, and then the fun is on. Prize Picks has something for every sports fan from basketball to hockey to League of Legends and everything in between. It's really simple to play. You make your picks, submit an entry in less than 60 seconds. I'll do it at halftime of a basketball game. And I also have some season-long more or less picks on MLB homers. You may remember, I've got less on Otani homers this year. We'll see. And at halftime of your next NBA blowout game, just jump on and go, ah, Steph Curry more than 11 points in the second half. It'll change the game for you. Download the Prize Picks app and use the code HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. That's HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. Prize Picks, pick more, pick less. It's that easy. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game, 
They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Stefan Gilmore, did you miss out? Did you miss? You went to the, the Panthers, well, they, as you mentioned. I mean, they didn't have any money. To, they didn't have any room. I think a lot of people couldn't trade for them because they, they don't have salary cap space. The Niners. Or just but I'm, I'm just saying yeah, a lot wants, of teams. He wants 50 million years. Because I think a lot. I think a lot of teams. If you were in like the Super Bowl window, I would. If you're like, what's your best offer? They'd be like a six. If I had room, I'd be like, I'll give you a fifth. Wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, would I have to give him 15 million dollars a year? Or you're saying just pay him for the rest of the year? And I, I'm saying walk? I'm saying go like baseball style. We'll figure it out at the end of the year, but yeah. let's just get him on our team. He'll be healthy in a couple weeks, and then we'll start rocking and rolling. Yeah. No, I mean, rock and rolling, like, you think he's going to be healthy in a couple of weeks, right? He's coming off a torn quad, but... Yeah, it's risky. I mean, there's risk But if involved. the price is a fifth or a sixth, whatever. Well, they gave him a sixth. Why do they care yeah. about a sixth? What would the Panthers do to make the playoffs? Oh, if you told them they were going to get a, a playoff run out of them, they might give they might have given a fourth. Well, do you think that... I mean, are they a playoff team? I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. The the three and one Panthers? Well, they play the Eagles. They'll be four and one. Yeah. Right? So... so. I mean, they got a better record than most of the teams in the NFL. Their offense is solid. Their defense is good. McCaffrey. They got Eagles, Vikings, Giants, Falcons. I mean, Patriots. They got they got some winnable games. Saints. I guess they play the Bucks. The end of their schedule is pretty hard. At Bills, Bucks, at Saints, at Bucks. They play the Bucks two of the last three weeks. Now, maybe the Bucks week 17 or 18 is just like. Get the number one seed, and we're cool. Yeah, but but they're not trending that way right now. No, I don't think. I mean, I think one thing that's really interesting is that you come into the year and you think it's just obvious who your two Super Bowl teams are: Chiefs and and Bucks. See, seasons long, though. Seasons long, and we've seen the Bucks and Brady before not look great and then look better. And I think the Chiefs are really good. Like those are true Super Bowl contenders. But you know, no, I don't. Maybe you don't want to be peaking week four. We'll see what the Cardinals do in the end, but it's just it's just kind of open right now. It's, it's it feels a little more open now. Sunday night's going to be Sunday night is Bills Chiefs. That's hell a great game. yes, that's a great game. You do not want to peak. I, the Yankees are a good example. It felt like they peaked like a month ago or a couple weeks ago. And the key in in football is playing your best football at the end of the season. It, it's just it's a tried and true formula. So I think sometimes we make t- it's. You never not want to win in September or October, but you want to be playing your best football as the season goes on. I think the New York Giants, the two Super Bowls, they got hot at the right time and they won two Super Bowls. Were they, know, the what e- was they, what, they were nine and seven. What was the record the other year? I think nine and seven both times. Really? They were both. They were wild card teams. So I think they were definitely a wild card team the first time. Boach back yet? Is Boach coaching the Padres yet? Do you think it's a lock? 
I think it's a lock. Yeah. They just so they fired their guy. You saw that today? I, I, Fi- I they fired everybody. They fired the coach. They fired AJ Preller, the GM. They fired AJ Preller? AJ Preller is gone zo. Wow. I did not see that today. So it is a uh you know, Bochi Sabian? Sabian's probably retired. Sabian works for the Giants. Does he though? Well, I mean, you know. Yeah, it feels like he's coming back. Uh, I mean, jeez. How about... Uh, May- how actually, b- maybe... No, never mind. AJ Preller didn't get fired. Okay, okay. That... I mean, look at this mountain of a man. He's huge. <laughs> you know, if we put some hair on you, you might look a little like Joe Panic. <laughs> is what he once told Middlecoff when we were in Bruce Bochy's office. Panic had a good run. <laughs> that was at spring training. Jeez. I mean, baseball, Garrett Cole, man. It's terrible. Baseball's rough. I, I love a one-game wild card game. I was so fired up for that game last night. And I am, as we record this before, Dodgers Cardinals tonight. But um, then it's over, and I'm like, no, nah, I want like I want two or three more games or four games with Red Sox Yankees. This was cool. They can never I, I don't want to be stuck in the past guy, but they can never play anywhere but Fenway Park. Like, I went to old Yankee Stadium. It was awesome. Babe Ruth stood right there. It's not the same as Fenway. Fenway's different than all the rest of them. Yeah, it's just you get paid $330 million, $350 million, and you get the opportunity to play the Red Sox, the rival, and you you don't make it out of the third inning. I mean, he, no. he, he didn't even record an out. And it was, it was bad. I mean, it was trending. Poorly. They could have pulled him out of the game sooner. I actually think a guy that gained a lot of respect was like Stanton came ready to fuck shit up. Stanton was right. <laughs> I thought that too. Like he had, I was happy. He had a better year this year than last year, especially down the stretch. He was just pissing on balls. That guy looks like a mush. Both those two guys, when they stand there, it's like, okay. But they, to me, the Yankees need to get someone with some speed. One thing the Giants got to give uh, our guy Farhan some credit, uh, a lot of credit because I give him full credit for everything they did this year. They have just different body types. You know, they have guys that can run. They have guys that can hit for power. The Yankees do have a lot of guys that all just look the same. Well, that's what happens when you move pieces of the puzzle around too, right? You have complementary pieces as opposed to full-time starters. It's a little harder to do with full-time starters to do that, right? Like you yeah. can bring in a guy who only hits lefties. You can bring in a guy that only hits righties, and those two people can do different things. Um, But, yeah, Brett Gardner, I mean – Good-looking ball guy. I like his facial structure. He's got good cheeks, you know. <laughs> Strikes out on his front foot a lot. <clears throat> yeah, it's pretty – wasn't he like 40 years old? I mean, how's he still on the Yankees? If I, I, I need somebody – I got to DM some people that I know in, in baseball. Do third-base coaches and first-base coaches have the same salary? Because if first-base coaches and third-base coaches have the same salary, I get when you coach third-base, you're like, you're in the fight a little more than you are at first because, like, the decisions you make are very stressful. Not worth it, though, man. Not worth it. Also, I mean, you can't send a guy. I wasn't watching it live. I took a shower. So when I got back, and I and the highlight was running over and over, coming back from break, so I rewound it. I assumed he got tossed out. I'm like, oh, I bet he's trying to score from second, pushing the envelope, whatever. Trying to score from first base. Off the, yeah, off the monster. First, that's a long way to go not off a monster, right? If if the outfielder gets to do it relatively quick, if you are not 
I would say one to ten. If your speed isn't like a seven or eight, scoring from first base is going to be pretty difficult on most extra base hits, right? Yeah, especially Fenway smaller park. Like that's that's what I mean. Off the nuts. monster, it's not like a deep part of the yard necessarily. Well, they didn't play it great, but initially, but that's the other part of being a third base coach. It wasn't close either. When there's you cannot be the under two outs, you can't get thrown out at home, right? Isn't that like a rule that everyone says that I always repeat? Well, definitely the rule is you can't get thrown out at third with less than two outs. But in that situation, you're down a couple runs. You're just trying to get like... Well, I guess you can't get... Sorry, the rule at third is you can't get thrown out for the first out or the last out. You can get thrown out at third for the second out. I thought you can't get thrown out at home under two outs is bad with your big hitters coming up. Yeah, I mean, because in theory, you could be at third base. I'm just, and just making be, up baseball They could just sacrifice fly you in. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, instead of being three one, you're three two. Coming, are the people coming up? Well, yeah, stand a judge, so that means you're in like three, four, five in the order. Right? No, yeah, I mean, but I'm just saying, like, that's the question. With sometimes you'll send a guy if you don't trust the guy on deck. Yeah, if like the eighth hitter or pitcher's coming up, but that was not the case with the Yankees. Yeah, but then they didn't get hit. They didn't really score runs. Other, those were the only. Stan was the only guy that did anything. But it would have um, been a lot different with first and or second and third one out. Yeah, yeah. I. uh the other part about being a third base coach that's crazy is like your job is to count on major leaguers to screw up. Like half of third base coaches is like, but let's make them make a play. It's like, well, they're big leaguers. Like they've been doing relay throws perfect for a long time. You ever seen a team do warmups when you're playing little league? Good relay throws? Like, good relay throws. Who are these guys? It's big hard. leaguers have good relay throws, though. Yeah, I'm saying if you ever seen them in the in little league, guys that good relay throws is just it's devastating in at the little league level. And the big leagues, that's where all the big leaguers did perfect little league relays. Yeah. And the big leagues, double plays are just incredible, and relays are always really good. Didn't the Giants, did Kelly get fired midseason or he just get demoted? Remember that? Roberto Kelly, did he get demoted during the season? I can't remember. He, he, no, he definitely did. I don't know if he got fired midseason. Oh, oh. He definitely yeah, maybe got fired at the yeah, they did something like that. But I remember he he 100% got demoted. Because he was. When you're really bad at that spot, it's pretty glaring. Because guys are just getting tossed. And just gets, it's like when special teamers make a, make a mistake, it's like you only get so many opportunities. <clears throat> and now you're thinking about it, and the pressure's high, and it's just, it gets worse. Unless you're 49 on the Niners, you get to just be on scholarship. Yeah. He survived. All right. On that note, we will be back Friday with a live Mailbag. Live Mailbag Friday, plus our lock of the week. We'll make that pick on Friday, probably late morning, but keep an eye out for uh, that time. TBD. TBD. Adios, people. Later, y'all. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.